Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Kill Say podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today here. I have, is it Tani or is it Tani? Okay. I just wanted to make sure I have Tani here with me. She is a rapid resolution facilitator and mindset mentor. She assists entrepreneurs in clearing painful emotions, negative thoughts, and undesired behaviors so that they can move through stuckness and challenges that can arise in building their purposeful business. I'm so excited about recording this podcast with her. Um, I believe that Tani and I were in like the same utilization class when we first started at the beginning of the year. So it's been so cool to watch her progress and watch her grow. And I'm just so excited to have her here with me. So Tani, thank you so much for being here with me. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah, really excited to be having this conversation too. Um, um, yeah, it's really great to be connecting with you today. Amazing. Yes. Tani is so good at what she does. She, I remember watching her in class and she just like picked up on it so fast and it seems so effortless. So I'm super stoked to have you here with me today. Thank you. (laughs) So I really want to help my listeners because I'm obviously a hyper manifestation page. Um, I really want to help my listeners figure out what their unconscious blocks are and what's holding them back from really like manifesting what they want in life, whether it's like a big goal or maybe it's just like a job or maybe more money or something like that. But I want to help people really understand how their unconscious mind is a big, big, if not the, the biggest thing that's holding them back from what they want. Um, so this is when I was journaling this morning, this was like the first thing that came up when I was thinking about what I wanted to ask you. And it's the feeling of being behind in life. Um, do you like get a lot of people to ask you that question or like, like, what are your thoughts on feeling behind? Well, I have a little bit of like a, I guess, spiritual side to me. And so in terms of feeling behind, I really feel like we all have, there's divine timing and we all have, you know, certain lessons that we're here to learn certain things to go through. And I really like to look at those things that we're going through is usually something that's going to be us. It's going to allow us to be able to help others in the future. Right. And so the more that you can, and like you said, um, the unconscious is so prevalent in what we see, right? 95% of our actions, of our thoughts, of our emotions come from the unconscious. So that's outside of our conscious awareness. We have no idea. We're not choosing those thoughts. We're not choosing those emotions, right? And and we do have a little bit of control, right? Like those pop up on a regular and we can control them a bit. So if we can lean into the fact that like, I am where I am and that's okay, and I know where I want to go and really use the unconscious, like, like, or use a conscious mind to speak to the unconscious in terms of like visualizing, focusing on thinking about dreaming about journaling about where you want to go. The unconscious doesn't understand the difference between present, future, past. So if you're visualizing it, visualizing it, visualizing it, if you're writing it out as if it's already happened, and you're seeing it as if it's already happened, the unconscious starts to get that this is happening and then starts to help you see opportunities, um, strategies, just like it helps you start to see the pathway there. So it's really common for people to feel behind. And I always want to remind them that, you know, 
it's easy to look at someone else and compare yourself, but we've all started with different, uh, I guess, benefits, like different advantages and disadvantages. You know, some of us have kids, we have different responsibilities. Some of us don't have kids. You know, some of us have full-time jobs and we're building a side hustle. Some, some of us are supported by our husband and don't have to worry about money while we build a business. We all have, you know, some things that are helping us and other things that are holding us back. And so the more that you can let go of comparing and feeling like I am behind and focus on I am exactly where I am and I want something, I'm moving in this direction and seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, your unconscious is going to help you get there. Oh, I really love that. I love the way that you explained that. Um, it reminds me so much of just like how powerful like an intention is. And I know that that's, yeah, it that's like the biggest part. <laughs> that's like the biggest part of RRT is just like being intentional and like, um, yes, I love that so much. And it makes me think of like, what about, how does that translate into like loving yourself? <laughs> I know that the idea of loving yourself in RRT is like <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> But tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know that it's not a thing. I maybe an RRT a little bit, but the way that I look at it now is it's not necessary to get to your goals. You know, there's definitely people out there who are reaching goals, and a lot of them are actually coming from a not good enough sense. And that's actually driving them to reach their goals. Right. So it's important to, or it's valuable, it's useful to know that you don't have to love yourself to achieve your goals. However, in my experience, it feels a lot better when you do, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's often that is the goal for many people. And in my experience, the more that you again, accept and in, even love yourself, things just seem a little easier you know, it's, it just flows a little bit easier. So there's not a necessity to love yourself before taking the steps to get to where you want to be. And the more you focus on what you can do versus how you feel. And so you're focusing on, okay, I can hit this little target and do that successfully. That's going to build your confidence. That's going to make you feel good about yourself. That's going to, you know, help you love yourself even more. So that's how I'm looking at it, which is really interesting because I spent so much of my coaching um, career helping people love themselves and telling them that, you know, this is what you need to do to help you achieve your goals. And I do still believe it's um, like, yeah, it's, it assists, but it's not necessary. That's yeah. how I look at it now. I love that. Cause I always had such a hard time with like the, the affirmations of like, I love myself. And like, I'm so like looking in the mirror and saying, I love you just felt so cringe. <laughs> so but let me tell you a story about that. Okay. So I have spent a lot of time trying to love myself. I experienced a depression in my early twenties. And so really since then, it's been like, how can I live a happy life? How can I love myself? And so I learned about this mirror work that you're talking about, right? Where you look and you say, Tani, I love you. And so I'm sitting on my bed and I must've been reading about this um, process of doing this, this technique. And I think, okay, I'm going to try it. And I'm, 
at the end, at that point, there is a dresser with a mirror kind of like at the foot of the bed facing me. And I look over there and of course there's a laundry basket full of like clean, but unfolded laundry. So I have to like <laughs> lean way over to the left and I kind of like peek at myself. I don't even say it out loud. I just think to myself, Danny, I love you. And I totally cringe. Like you said, I was just like, oh, I like recoiled and cringed. And then I was like, wait, what is this reaction? Like, if I think about it, logically, I really am a good person. I really care about people. I'm doing the best I can to be the best person out there. I help anyone who I think needs help. I'm like, what is this? Like, what is this? Like, how is it that I can't even say that to myself? And so I kind of took that as a challenge. And I started doing it. And I would do it like mostly when I'm doing my hair, makeup, or maybe brushing my teeth when I was already in front of a mirror. I didn't really like make extra time. I mean, we're all busy. So I try to stack things as much as I can, you know, listening to podcasts on the go or in the car or whatever. So same kind of thing, right? So I'm doing my makeup. And what I did was instead of just being like, I love you, Tani, I would be like, oh, your hair looks good today. Hmm, your skin looks good today. And kind of pick out little things that I could believe and sometimes would push a little bit of into yeah I love you I love you and you know what happened it was so cool maybe about I'm gonna say maybe about two or three months into this practice I was out at a restaurant I'd gone to the washroom and I was washing my hands and as I turned to go back to the table and meet my friends I caught myself out of the corner of the eye and had the spontaneous thought I love you and then I was like, oh my gosh, this really does work, right? <laughs> because I was previously consciously choosing to say these things to myself. And sometimes it didn't even feel completely true. And then this moment was, it was just authentic and real and spontaneous. And I was like, okay. And that was maybe not the first proof, but a, another piece of evidence that we can choose consciously to reprogram some of our unconscious patterns oh my gosh I love that so much yes no 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 I love that I love that I I yes I think that that's so true and I love what you said about that like it's not like it's when because for me like the self-love thing like I can look in the mirror and say I love you like I think it's about for me like loving what you've done and being proud of what you've done and having the confidence in what you've done. But like, I feel like when you're dragging your feet and you're procrastinating and you're putting things off because you're, you're in so much fear, that's when like the, the, not the resentment of yourself, but like the ick. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, it has nothing to do with loving yourself. It has everything to do with changing your perceived identity. I have that on a sticky note in my bathroom. I've had it forever. I love it. I love Uh, it. Well, the cool thing about RRT is that it does it so fast, mm -hmm. right? Like it'll do it in a few sessions versus, you know, that took me months of daily practice. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, that's something that I, you know, there are things we can do on our own. Yeah. But RRT is like going and getting a massage, you know, it's giving yourself a massage is not the same as getting a massage from someone who's a professional. 
I've never heard that before. That's so good. Okay. So, so if, if someone came to you and wanted to, and felt like I needed, I needed to love myself. I need to feel better about myself. Like, what would you say to them to kind of get that process going? I know you said it takes a few sessions, but like, what would you, is there anything you would say different that we just talked about? Well, I would find out first why, right? Do they think they have to love themselves to achieve something, to get something else? Because then that's almost a block. That's not true. That's like me saying, you know, well, I want to go to, um, where, where are you? I'm in Canada. Utah. Where are you? Okay. So let, okay. So it's like me saying, I want to go to Utah, but first I have to go to Mexico, you know, like, okay. You know, it's like, no, actually you go through Utah on the way to Mexico, (laughs) right? (laughs) I don't know if that quite goes with the analogy, but it's the idea of saying like, I have to go somewhere else. So if someone's showing up because they want to love themselves, right, then that's helping that then RRT wise, I would use their mind to help them see their benefits or like their good qualities, their accomplishments, their things. But if they, if they feel that they want to do it to get somewhere else, I'm probably going to skip that part and explain to them that's not actually necessary. What do you want to do? Let's, let's, let's get the unconscious on board with what you want to do what goals you want to achieve, what action you want to take, because otherwise you're taking the scenic route, which is if you want to take the scenic route, you can, (laughs) you know what I mean? But if you want to get there as fast as possible, then there's another option. Gotcha. Okay. I love that. That's, that's so good. Um, I'm sure you get, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you mentioned earlier, you wanted to really help people like uncover their unconscious blocks. Yes. And a thought came to mind is like, what I would say is like, what is showing up in your life that you're not wanting? Because like what is showing up is what your unconscious is putting out there. Mm -hmm. So then that helps you identify what the blocks are. Yes. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people really know what they don't want. Exactly. You could ask people, what do you, what don't you want? They'll rattle it off. Like they've been thinking about it all day because they have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people, when I talk to them about this, they kind of almost get like ashamed, like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe I've just been thinking these terrible things all the time. And it's like, but nobody taught us to think abundantly. Nobody no. taught us how to use our unconscious mind and to, you know, access the magic that goes on within there and so it's um well that that and the mind is literally designed to focus on the negative Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. we are programmed that way from birth for survival because it's the negative that might kill us true I forgot about that right so like if you're back in the day you're walking down if you're let's say you're a cave woman and we're walking down the trail and there's some nice berries over here great they might they'll help us survive but they're not gonna uh, (laughs) they're not as uh, I guess in this case important as knowing that there's a saber-toothed tiger on the other side that saber-toothed tiger is going to kill you a lot faster than the starvation will, right? <laughs> so we're primed to know, oh my gosh, danger. Oh my gosh, the, the negative, you know, oh my gosh, I can't let the tribe 
oust me, like rejection, that might kill me back then. So true. So not only does nobody teach us, the mind is literally designed that way. So Mm -hmm. if anyone who's listening has felt bad for noticing negative thoughts or feeling negative thoughts, let that go. That is not on you. You know what I mean? That is the way your mind is designed. That is the way you were raised. That is stuff that was put on you. And now, you know, there are things you can do about it. Yes. And actually that's one of the first things. So I, because before I knew RRT, I really helped um, my clients change the way they thought and use conscious thoughts to change the patterning in their mind. Okay. And one of the things that happens is that when people start just becoming more aware of their thoughts as they do notice the negative. And I would say, actually celebrate it because when you start noticing the negative, then you have an opportunity to think something else to choose again. Wow. Right. If you're not noticing it, if you don't know it's there, it's running in the background anyways, Mm -hmm. but then you don't have any opportunity to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. I love that you said celebrate it. That's such a good way to put that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh, this is so good. Okay, great. Um, I'm sure that people probably bring a lot of like worthiness issues to you. Yeah. Worthiness and like in, in imposter syndrome and feeling not good enough. And maybe that even ties into, you know, like loving yourself and feeling behind, but how would you tackle people feeling unworthy? And I know that that's probably, like I said, ties into the, the not loving yourself, but. Well, again, this is kind of a concept that we've the, in my opinion, the coaching world has really pushed that you have to be worthy to get what you want. You have to believe you're worthy. You have to feel worthy to get what you want. And in my experience, that's not been true. Like I very clearly remember chatting with a woman who, you know, seemed very successful. She was a doctor. She was moving into like coaching other doctors. So she had these groups, she was doing all these things. She had a loving husband and child she adored. But if I asked her if she felt worthy, she didn't. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. There's people out there achieving things without necessarily feeling necessarily feeling worthy. Where do you think we get that? Where do you think that comes from? Like the The idea uh, of you need to feel worthy? Yeah. That's a good like I heard it through the coaching industry. And manifestation, I Mm -hmm. think, like, because I, you know, I'm well-versed in manifestation as well. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. But again, I do think the truth is it feels better. Things Mm -hmm. may flow a little easier, Mm -hmm. you know, and I guess there's truth to the fact that like, if your unconscious is like, yeah, I really deserve this. It's going to move you in that direction Mm -hmm. versus if the unconscious is like, no right it's so weird it's like I don't even know where we would even get that because it's like how is it even possible that we would feel unworthy when literally like we are one in a billion right like there are so many millions of sperms and like hundreds of thousands of eggs and like we're the one that happened like somebody gifted us life and like a heartbeat in our chest but we feel like we can't accomplish creating a business or like having that relationship that we want. Um, I was listening to Catherine Zinkina's story the other day and she was telling me about, or well, telling 
telling her story about when she was talking with John about how he said that you can't earn worthiness because it's free because it's well, inherent already right yes. and like I think he and I talk about it a little bit of a different way but it's kind of the same like I would always come from the point of exactly what you said you were in one out of 50 million sperm that you you came and if any other one you know fertilized the egg you wouldn't be here mm-hmm. right so first of all you're worthy because of that then secondly I would say if you are spiritual in any way, you know what I mean? If you believe in God or universe, they're not creating unworthy. Like the whole idea is that we're created in, you know, God's image, or we're an extension of source, you know, we're one within the universe. Um, That alone would make us worthy. Mm -hmm. Now, John says the exact opposite, right? He says, you're not worthy. No one's worthy. We don't be like, oh, those three zebras are worthy and those two zebras aren't worthy. You know what I mean? And I would always say, Does a ba- is a baby not worthy? Because mm-hmm. it hasn't accomplished things? <laughs> right? Because like that's how we, that's how we measure that. our worth. Is like, and, and that comes back to society. Society has told us that if you're not productive, you're not worthy. Right. Mm. So that's a huge piece of where it comes from for sure. Right. And I think it comes from even like the corporate world or the business world in sense of like your profits better be going up the whole time. Mm -hmm. Well, life is cyclical. Markets are cyclical. You know what I mean? Like look at nature, you know, like it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And so I think a lot of the worthiness now that we're talking about, it does come from society comes from kind of like corporations, business where production, production, production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for me, I think we can either think that none of us are worthy. It's not really a thing or we're all worthy. Yeah. And it's not no. really a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever's not- more useful, right? we're not gonna we're not going to divide up the unworthy people and starve them and let the worthy people eat right Right. (laughs) so this idea so just so people who are listening know because I said John uh, the founder of rapid resolution therapy which is RRT which we're talking about is Dr. John Connolly and so this idea around the zebras and are we going to starve the unworthy those are his ideas that I'm just repeating back so Perfect. But, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, give him that credit. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny because like just you saying like, is a baby not worthy because it's not productive? Like that's just such a ridiculous idea, but it's like, we're still like, we're still baby. We're just grown babies. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just older babies. <laughs> exactly right oh my god yeah that's that's solid that's gold (laughs) (laughs) um okay amazing so we've covered some really awesome topics um loving yourself feeling behind in life worthiness um imposter syndrome what about like people who actually imposter syndrome I have more to say on that sorry no please but so think again something that happened in the coaching industry at least in the part that I was in in my little circle was that it was growing really fast 
And I found that coaches were really excited to sign on clients and they were signing on clients and telling them your life and your life experience is good enough. That's all you need, right? Where that's not entirely true. You know, maybe you have some really great wisdom and some really great life experiences that will really benefit other people. And you probably need to learn some tech skills and know how to, you know, use a computer. You probably need to learn some either some speaking skills to get on, you know, video and be visible or some writing skills to do blogging, mm-hmm. right? You, you also want to have a product or, or a service that people are excited about and that is solving a need. Mm-hmm. And yep. so I think this imposter syndrome came up from this idea of like, well, I have life insurance or like life experience. And someone told me that's all I need, but I don't really feel capable in some of these other areas. Right. And so now my, and, and I probably was guilty in, in perpetrating some of those ideas right now, I would really say to people, what are you good at? What are you really good at that you can share with other people? Mm -hmm. You know, I grew my business, my coaching business kind of from that place of like, I have, I had yoga teacher and like mindfulness, but I didn't really have coaching experience or, you know, I had a a business degree and I'd run some home businesses. Like I used to run a day home and had done that well, but it didn't feel like hadn't made a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And so a lot of imposter syndrome snuck in and I think now I would say, get really good at something or make that transformation in your own life. Like maybe it is simply going from feeling unworthy to feeling worthy or, you know, feel procrastinating all the time. And then being like, no, now I knock things off, you know, create that transformation in your life, get good at something, one thing, and then teach that. Mm-hmm. And then people will want to come and then you won't feel like an imposter because you're like, no, I'm really good at this. Right. Right. Yes. Oh my, when you said like transformation, it made me think of like, cause I, I feel like I wanted to like create like a manifestation business for the last two years because I loved the idea of manifestation and the unconscious mind and reprogramming it and everything. And I realized just like in the last like six months that I loved the ideas, but I wasn't embodying any of it. Yes. I wasn't living it. And when I started living it, that's when the imposter syndrome went away because I didn't feel like I didn't know what I was talking about anymore because I knew exactly what I was talking. I had real life experience. So that's so relevant. So, so relevant. That's, that's perfect. And that's what I would say to people that was coming. I'd be like, are you walking your talk? Are you actually doing what you would tell other people to do? Cause if Mm -hmm. not, that's where the imposter syndrome is coming from. So that's, perfect example good for you like I love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah because if you you don't know what you're talking about it's probably because you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly oh god yeah um what about like fear I've talked about you know the zebra story on my podcast before um but I want to talk about I'd love to hear your perspective on just like when you are fearful of something that it just gets like this big and it's all you can see it and it it makes it really hard to see anything else and then we end up focusing on this fear and we get paralyzed by it so how do you tackle fear with your clients 
well, explain some of that part. Plus it's magic. I can't give away all the tips. No, that's fair. No, no, no. Yeah, no, just, just, you know, but, but I will say, you know, RRT in the seven years that I've now been in this industry, the, the people change industry, the transformation industry, the helping people industry, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, rapid resolution therapy has been the thing that has shifted and transformed people the fastest out of everything. Like I've, you know, looked into NLP and hypnotherapy and mindset work and all the things and hundred percent there's value. I would say there's definitely value in doing your own mindset work. There's value in embodiment work, you know, energy work. There's lots of value. If you want a quick change, rapid resolution is the way to do it. And so with fear, we, it is, digging into getting to that root of like the unconscious and helping the unconscious see that that's not what you need to be afraid of, that there's nothing actually there to be afraid of Mm -hmm. that your mind made meaning out of a scenario for some reason, your mind um, there's a glitch there, right? Because fear comes up to keep us alive, Mm -hmm. right? You, that's probably maybe what you talked about. I'm not sure. You know, you, Fear comes up to keep us alive. And that's why that thing gets really, really big. Just like I talked about with the saber tooth tiger, or you're talking about, you know, the zebra sees lion is coming. It's there to keep us alive, but it's pretty uncommon in the world today that our body needs to run really fast from something we're afraid of. Right. Or, or fight, right. Or, bite them, you know, like that's what John, right? Like that's what John would say is like, like how often do you want to just like the, the right solution to the problem is like, just take a big bite out of their arm, you know, create a blood geyser, right? Cause it's fear and anger. Those are the two that come to the top because those are the two emotions that keep you alive. Yeah. So it's really, you know, what I do is get the unconscious to understand that this fear is not serving me. And most likely there's nothing to do about this scenario. Mm-hmm. Does that yep. make sense? Yes, totally. And I, I love that you said that it's like not serving you because in your head, I feel like it feels like it's serving you because it feels like it's like a warning, right? It feels like something that, okay, well, this is being brought up to my attention for a reason. Like I used to think that when I wanted to manifest something and I needed to take action on something that the fear was actually keeping me safe. And it was a sign that I should mm-hmm. pursue it. Right. Got it. Now I've kind of come to the realization that like it, that's not true at all. And I was the only one holding myself back from getting what well, I Well, I wouldn't say that you were holding yourself back well, because you were consciously doing that. Right. But right. there was a part of the unconscious that felt like, mm, I don't know if I want to go there mm-hmm. because it had a glitch or it was making a, you know, distorted meaning around something. Now, the truth around fear is there are moments when, you know, you're walking in the dark and you feel tinglys, you know, like I personally say, listen to that. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. Your body knows, right? <laughs> But also we can, because our mind is advanced, a part of our mind is really advanced and part of our mind is less advanced. There's sometimes a glitch there that happens, right? And so we want to use that conscious mind to be like, okay, I'm recognizing this fear around 
showing up online, let's say, because that's really common for, um, that's something I help a lot of people with, right? Like showing up online, being seen, being heard, you know, that, that's, that's scary. Well, you know, like if you really go far out there, maybe you could attract a stalker who would, you know, like, you know, you can really, if you really look for something, maybe it's dangerous, but mostly you're not going to die doing a video. You're not going to die writing a post on social media. Right. So you wanted to, you want to just use your wisdom and be like, is this fear something I should pay attention to? Or is it a glitch that is not helping me at all? Mm-hmm. And I also have spent a lot of time helping um, women kind of tap into their intuition. And what I noticed there is I can't trust when it's a fear, when it when I think I'm in, in intuition, but it's a fear-based intuition type thing. I can't Ooh. trust that. Okay. That's never. Good. It's it's not, it's almost, it's almost never right. Huh. Maybe, maybe even I, I almost want to say never, although I don't like huge concretes, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When the intuition comes in and it's just calm and it's peaceful and it's just like this little quiet nudge or whisper, follow that. But when it comes, something comes in, you're like, oh my gosh, something's going to go wrong. Or I think like anytime that it's kind of fear-based, I just, I just, I'm like, oh, can't trust it. Might be right. Might be wrong, but I'm not trusting it Mm -hmm. versus when it's just calm and just like this little voice in your head or your shoulder, just kind of saying like, do this, go this direction, leave that job, you know, leave that relationship, whatever, whatever it is, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it, the, what it's telling you might not feel scary, you know, leave the job, leave the relationship that might feel like, holy crap, I don't want to do that. But if the message is just kind of calm, that's what you can trust. Mm-hmm. When the message is like, well, if you do that, you might get this and you might get that and you might get this and then this. And there's this laundry list of, you know, all these things that come up. That's not your intuition. That's your ego. That's the unconscious trying to keep you safe. I love that so, so, so much. That's so freaking true. Cause I remember when I was like, I was younger and I was married and, um, for like two years, I contemplated leaving the marriage. And I just remember just like stuffing that feeling down so many different times, but it always came back. It always came back and it was always calm. It was always like a reminder, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to stop saying this until you do this. I'm right here. Like, <laughs> and that, that, that ego voice is a very like frantic, like, Oh my God, what if this happens? And it doesn't, yeah, that makes so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that reminder. That was great. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that helped. I, I love this. <laughs> um, let's see. I honestly, I think we covered pretty much everything that I wanted to cover. Um, is there anything else? Is there anything else related to what we've been talking about that you think would be helpful for new manifest, new manifestors? Hmm. Hmm. Nothing, nothing's really coming to mind specifically around manifestation. Um, well, actually I do really, really my experience. Okay. So I'll just share a little bit of my experience with manifestation when it first came in and I'm a skeptic. So if I say something works, it's like, I've probably tried it. And, you know, (laughs) I've, I've looked up and down and, you know, I've tried to poke the holes in it. So 
I'm a skeptic. So I was a little like, I don't know. But at the same time, as I kind of was learning about manifestation, I was doing this challenge, I was looking to be happier. And I was doing this challenge around, I think it was called 100 days of happiness. And basically for 100 days, you find something, you take a picture of it that makes you happy, you post it on social media. I don't necessarily recommend all that, like 100 days is a long time. Yeah. I started doing it, I committed, I'm going to do it. And so I started really looking at, um, you know, what makes me happy and posting it. And as I started to focus on that, more and more things started making me happy. You know, like I would post something on social media and then like two hours later, something even better happened. (laughs) And so my experience is if when you focus on where you want to go and you focus on the good in the world, the universe really does support you. And at the, towards the end of this practice, this hundred days of happiness, I got a check in the mail. It was like for like $29, but it was from the dentist. I have never before and never since gotten a check in the mail from the dentist as some sort of repayment to me because I overpaid or something. It like it just didn't even make sense. You know what I mean? Like it was just completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I saw that as a little sign from the universe. Yes, this is, works. Keep going in this direction. And I did. And I started manifesting. Um all sorts of gifts. I'm like, I need shampoo. I kept getting into the shower and I'm like, oh, I forgot to buy shampoo. I need shampoo. This went for three days. I got a phone call from my hairdresser. You just won a basket full of shampoo. I'm like, wow, okay, amazing. Right. But it was, and, and for me, I didn't even really focus on like the specifics. Some manifestors are like, know exactly what you want and look at this. I was much more in, I'm going to raise my vibration. I'm going to focus on the things that make me feel good. I'm going to do my best to assist others when they need that support or help, you know, and I'm just going to be a good person and really be like in a good vibe and things just came my way, like manifested a trip to Spain, following my intuition, like all the expenses, like basically like, I was like, like, Oh, okay. I'm going to, check it's a it's a long story so I probably shouldn't get into it but basically like I felt called to go there I said well if I see I'll check if I have enough air miles and if I have enough then I'll go and I checked and I did have enough but then when I went to book them it didn't make sense to use them to go to Europe so um just because of like fees and taxes so I was like okay uh-huh. hey, so I paid for my tickets then I was saying to a friend I'm like, oh I, now I feel like I need to bring in more clients and she's like really do you because that wasn't in my budget originally to go to Europe that month, right? And she's like, do you, can't you just let the universe provide for you? And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, yes, that's what I want, yes, please. And like, I think it was three days later, I found out that I was gonna get a check that was gonna cover everything. And yeah, I probably got the check, I don't know, a couple of weeks later after that. And it just covered all my expenses. And it was like for work that I had done like two years before that I wasn't expected to get paid for. And I didn't ever think that I was going to get paid for. And then it just like happened, you know? <laughs> so um, stay positive, focus on like, what is good in your life? The more you choose that, the more your mind's going to see that and bring more good into your life. So that would be my other piece around manifestation. I love what you said about like, just like, you just seem like you have so much like, um, 
unharnessed trust in the universe. And I think like, I'm kind of a control freak. And so it's kind of hard for me to just be like, oh yeah, I'll just let the universe take care of it for, and I'm working on that. But like, that's amazing that you just like got that big check and you're like, oh yeah, it's going to be taken care of for me. Cause my, my brain starts going, okay, but how is that going to work? How is that going to happen? What have I done? Like, you know what I mean? So how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? Baby steps. Okay. Baby steps. Right. So that story with the check to Europe, that didn't happen at the same time I got the check from the dentist, right? Like that was like a year later after I'd already been like, you know, manifesting a 37 or whatever it was, $29 check, you know, the, 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 um, shampoo, some glasses, you know, you know, little bits of money. And then it, it, you know, it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger. The more I believed, the more I started like really believing that, oh my gosh, yeah, the universe has my back. And the first time I ever heard that was actually from a yoga teacher. And the way she phrased it was the universe is always conspiring in your favor. Mm. And she was actually talking to someone else and I overheard her and I was like, really? And then I thought back to that time in my life when I had the depression, I was like, really? And I had to really contemplate it for quite some time. Like I can, I can even picture myself driving and like thinking about this and, but I trusted this teacher and I thought, well, I'm just going to play with it and see and start telling myself. I'm like, yeah. And I'm going to look for places in my life where the universe really did support me. Oh, well, I did go through depression, but I did get into a really great depression group therapy program. And because of that, I learned how I could choose my thoughts and how my thoughts affected my feelings and affected my actions. So that actually did support me. You know, oh, I can see how, you know, I went to business school and then went to, you know, the bank and that didn't really work out. But now it works out that, you know, I have this business knowledge that I want to build my own business. Um, You know, so I started really looking again for where that was true in my life and gradually built up that belief that, yes, it supports me. And you're right. Now I have a lot of trust. Like that's just how I see the world, but it definitely wasn't always right. So you have the ability absolutely to shift that belief within yourself. Um, I used to worry about the most ridiculous things. Like I would worry that I just forget to go to work, like things that never happened, right? That doesn't happen anymore. And now I like, let's say I'm on the way somewhere and I'm running late for some reason, you know, I'll be like, well, maybe I don't know why, but maybe me running late is actually saving me from being in an accident. Okay. Saving me from being stuck in traffic somewhere. So I make up these, like our mind naturally makes up negative stories. So I choose to make up positive stories, right? To be okay with what is. If someone cuts me off in traffic, instead of being like, oh, that fucking asshole, blah, blah, blah. Oops, sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. I don't don't give a shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But (laughs) instead I'll be like, oh, I wonder if, Maybe he's rushing to the hospital because his wife's pregnant. Maybe okay. he's found out his dad's going to die and he needs to get to the hospital before that happens. I make up a story in my head that allows me to have compassion 
which then brings down any sort of like anger, right? Like it, I don't get angry if they're like rushing to get there before their baby is born. I'm like, yeah, okay. It might not be true. It might be true. Who knows? But it's useful to think that way. It served me. It serves me to keep my mood high, my vibe high, which all then leads back to being able to manifest really great things in my life. Oh, I love that. And I love that you use a road rage example because I am totally that person. I'm like, fuck this guy. Like, where does he think he's doing? And I, I want to work on that because it does get me fired up. So thanks for using that example. <laughs> Thank the universe for putting it in my, you know, like blowing it through me because I didn't know, <laughs> right? Like I didn't know that was something, but it was something I worked on. You know, I used to have a job where I drove around and yeah, it would happen. So this is, Perfect. This was such an awesome, awesome interview. Thank you. Do you mind if I take a picture really quick? No. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, please tell my listeners, how can they get a hold of you and book an appointment with you? Yeah. So my website is tannymorgan.com. T-A-N-I Morgan, just like it sounds, M-O-R-G-A-N.com. I'm Tanny underscore Morgan on Instagram, on TikTok. I don't have Facebook anymore. Um, so those are the places, but yeah, Amazing. reach out to me for sure. And uh, I'd love to support you shifting those beliefs, getting your unconscious on board with your conscious goals. <laughs> She's a genius. Go see her. You guys, she's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks. you so much for this opportunity. It's been it, so fun. Ditto, ditto. And I'll see you around. Okay. For sure. Okay. Have a great day. Bye.